Hey, what's going on everyone? It's Sam Ovens here, and I just wanted to make this quick video for you today called Death by a Thousand Cuts, and specifically, why productivity is death by a thousand cuts. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when people are trying to be productive, and when people are trying to get things done and deliver projects and ship things, and, you know, really build something great or build a great business, whatever it is, you know, the thing that the thing that really trips people up is that they think it's going to be something big that comes in and steals all of their time or makes them not productive. But that isn't really what happens. Instead, what happens is it's a thousand little things and each of them all look like, oh, when it pops up into your day, you're like, oh, this is just something small. It'll only take five minutes. Or, oh, this will only take one minute or 30 seconds. And you know, it's these things that really get us when it comes to productivity and time management. And that's why, you know, I call it death by a thousand cuts, because it's not one big, like, dagger that gets you. It's just these little paper cuts that are just getting you over time. And the end result is that, you know, the, the thousand little paper cuts, it just kills you and it kills your productivity. And right now, I'm in my new place out here in Venice Beach in California. You can kind of see the, you know, the ocean through there. And right now I'm sitting at my temporary desk and I can show you it. It's an Ikea desk with a $40 plastic drawer set from Amazon. And, you know, we just made the move out here to California, to Venice, and I'm gonna be doing another video soon where I, you know, give you a tour of the place and also explain why I moved here and you know the rationale and logic and reason behind that decision and everything but for now i'm not going to give you a full tour or anything because you know we really don't even have any furniture and we're waiting on a truck to bring our stuff from new york over here to venice beach and that's not going to be done until like four or five weeks from now and so it's not really worth giving you a tour in the state it's currently in but you know making this move from new york to venice it's really shown me an important lesson. And that is that, you know, you, your environment and the systems and routines and processes that you have established, they are crucial to your productivity. And what I thought, you know, I'd gotten quite productive uh, in New York with, um, with my company and everything. And I started to think, I, I'm, a really, I'm a really productive person. And, you know, it doesn't matter what environment you throw me into. I'll be productive, I'll get things done. And so I, I just moved over here to Venice thinking that that's what's gonna happen. But then as soon as I arrived here and we moved into this place, you know, my productivity just fell off a cliff. You know, I everything kind of just ground to a halt. And I was like shocked. I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? And really what it was is, you know, my environment wasn't set up the right way to, to really make me as productive as I was back in New York. And what I learned from this experience was that, you know, it's not so much an individual that's productive, it's more, you know, the individual and their environment and their routine. And you, I can't say which one's more important, you know, the individual, the environment, or the routine. I, I think they're all really as important as each other because I was very productive over there, you moved me over here into a bad, and well, not a bad environment, but, you know, into a different environment and you know i'm not as productive and really what happened there 
is that there's all of these small little things that you take for granted and you don't you don't realize are there that you set up earlier that really builds a foundation for you to be really productive. And what I mean is, you know, just simple things like the internet connection, how fast is it? And then also uh, having like a, a charger and not just a charger where you work, but you know, if there's multiple places where you take your computer during the day or whatever, then you should have a charger in both rooms because what happens is you might move room, you might be working and then notice that your battery's going flat. Now you've got to get up, go to the other room to get the charger and bring it back again. Now that might seem like, well, that's just a small thing. That might only take you one minute, two minutes. But like I said, productivity and time management, it's, it's death by a thousand cuts. So all of these small things just creep up. And the end result is that you can't get anything done because you have to make all of these small micro decisions all the time. And you know, it goes deeper than this. It's not just about like having a fast internet connection. It's not just about having a charger in every room. One of the biggest things that I see that is just so tragic for most people is, you know, just food and eating. And to, you know, to, to think about what am I gonna have for breakfast and then have to go out and get that. And then to think, oh, where am I gonna get a coffee to have to look that up and then go and get a coffee and then maybe wait in line or whatever. And then, you know, to, to think about what am I going to have for lunch, going out and getting lunch, probably waiting in line again, coming home, eating it, and then dinner, it happens all over again. And food is one of the biggest, like, things that crushes productivity. It's because, you know, we need to eat, like, constantly throughout the day. We need to have, like, breakfast, lunch, and then dinner, right? And that's three things that happen every single day. And if every single time one of these things, you know, you need a meal, you have to think, what am I going to have to eat? And then go out and get something and then bring it back and then eat it. Like, before you know it, you've got no time left in the day. Because if you have to, you know, if you've got a slow internet connection, you have to think in the middle of the day, oh, I'm going to go get this charger from this other room. And then if you have to go out and get breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, just doing all of those things, that has probably cut your productivity by I would say 75%. You know, it's it's not just a small thing here. It's a massive, like, it's a massive performance killer. And why it is, and this is one of the reasons why people don't understand this, when they think about some when they think about doing a task, let's say it's going out to get lunch, they think, oh, that will only take me 30 minutes. But it's not that. It's it's so it it's so much more demanding than that. Because if you have to think about it, it's using mental bandwidth. And that means that when you come back from lunch, you know, you've got less mental bandwidth to commit to, to your work. And so it's draining that. And more than that, if you've got these small things that pop up during the day, it doesn't matter if it just takes one minute to go and get like a charger and then come back. It, if, if you're in the middle of some task where you were deep in the zone and, and focused and concentrated on something, then it doesn't matter if the thing only takes one minute to do, it's gonna take you half an hour to get back into that same state of mind and into that same depth of zone that you were in. So these small trivial things that look like they only take one minute, two minutes or whatever, they actually end up costing you 30 minutes, an hour or more. And so by the time we've got like a, a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, finding a charger, a slow internet connection, you know, pretty much we don't have really anything of the day left. And our mental bandwidth is so drained that even with the small little spots we do have left to apply our energy, there isn't much energy to apply. 
And so the way that people, what I've noticed, and the purpose of this video here, what I've noticed is that the way people look at time is wrong. And what they do is they just look at a task and they think this is gonna take a minute. But what they don't take into account is that it's gonna take them half an hour to get back into the same gear they need to be in to, to keep going on the project they're working on. And it might take you know longer than an hour. For example, you know when I'm creating content, let's say I've got to create some, some slides or some videos or some training for my online courses at consulting.com. If I'm in the middle of that and then I get distracted from, from something and I have to come back, it might take me up to one hour to get back into that same depth of concentration and focus. And so, yeah, you get my point. You really need to protect your time. And what you really need to watch out for is the small things. It's, remember the saying, like, death by a thousand cuts. It's a perfect way of illustrating it. And I actually got this saying from uh, the financial world, where in a lot of training programs where they teach people how to save money and how to become, like, financially free, they say the same thing, death by a thousand cuts. Be, and why they say that is because it's not big expenses that really cripple people. It's the small things. You know, it's just the it's just the lunch out every day. It's the Uber ride here and there. It's going out on Saturday and having a few drinks there. And it's buying, you know, a new t-shirt, a new pair of shoes there. And it, it each one of these small ind individual purchases, they don't really look like they're gonna do much, but the sum total of all of these things is devastating. And it's not just finances that work like this, it is your time too. And your time works like this, you know, I think time is better suited to the saying death by a thousand cuts than money is because, you know, people are shocking with their time. They don't protect it and they don't treat it like the rare resource that it really is. And, you know, a lot of people, they're out there all the time and they're worried about money, but no one seems to really be worried about time. And to me, time is more valuable than money. You know, money I have a lot of and can get a lot of, but time, I only have a finite amount. And so, you know, really, I encourage you to be more mindful of, you know, where your time goes. And one thing that I recommend doing, if you are not feeling very productive and if you're kind of getting frustrated and annoyed because you can't deliver on the projects that you want to deliver, then one exercise I, I highly recommend is just called 100 units of time. And all you do is for one week, you just track where your time goes. So every single day you keep, you chunk it out into 30 minutes and every time you do something, you just write it down and you track from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed at night, every day for seven days straight and track where your time goes. And then at the end of the week, look back over that and then look at these different buckets that it goes into. And then you can create some buckets or some categories and then you can start to, to work out as a percentage, how much time do you spend doing all of these different things? And once you're aware of where your time is going, the, the real trick to it is not to just try and become more efficient or more productive. And the real trick is not to get more apps on your phone. And it's not to you know get some to-do list software or anything like that. That's the stupid way to do it. You know, you don't try to do more, you try to do less. So the real masterful way of dealing with time once you've once you've been made aware of it and where your time goes, you just want to start eliminating the wasteful practices. So just get rid of it.
there is nothing better than just eliminating something. You know, creating a system or a process or hiring someone or delegating it, these are all things that aren't true fixes. You know, they're kind of just patches and putting a band-aid on something, but eliminating something is just gone. And eliminating things is what I encourage you to do all the time. You know, once a month, you should do this 100 units of time exercise, just one week out of the month, every single month. See where your time's going, identify the wasteful practices and eliminate them. And then there's always gonna be some sort of argument which is like, oh, but I have to do this, or I have to post on Snapchat or something. And the truth is you don't. You know, a lot of the things that people are doing that they think they have to do just aren't that important. And the way to really determine whether something's important or not is whether, you know, you just, it's a process of elimination. Let's say, you know, you're in business and you're helping somebody, let's say you're helping plumbing businesses get customers, right? Let's say that's what you're doing. Now, if we're eliminating things that you're doing in your business, and we're trying to find the point at which it becomes troublesome for your customer, who is the plumber. So if we start eliminating, you know, you doing social media, you doing all of this different stuff, it's not really gonna affect the customer. And he or she just is fine. Can, business can continue as usual. But the moment you start eliminating, like delivering services to your clients, or looking after your clients, or, you know, uh, delivering results to your clients, or actually marketing and selling to get new clients, you know, these things are mandatory. These things must be done in order for the business to stay alive. But all of the other things that aren't essential to that uh, plumber being your customer, they're not necessary. And what you should do is just eliminate all of those things. You know, I didn't do, I didn't do content up until really this year, like January 2018. I've only just started doing YouTube videos once a week. And Instagram, right? It's been around for a long time. I only started doing it in January 2018. And if you don't believe me, just go to my Instagram profile, just scroll back to the, to the first ever post I did. And it is January this year, 2018. And so, you know, my point with this is that I was able to grow a successful business to the point that it was making about 18 million a year. That was at the stage last year, like end of the year. And this was done without having an Instagram account. I didn't even have the app on my phone. I didn't have a Snapchat account. I don't have the app at all. And I didn't use Facebook either. And I only really logged into Facebook to just answer people's questions in my customer community and stuff, but I didn't use it as a consumer. I only used it as a producer. And so I was able to grow my business by not doing those things. And where this really gets people is they're like, oh, but, I have to do this, you know, I have to do this. This is what I, this is what has to be done. And the truth is, is that really one of the reasons that I was able to be, you know, make such massive jumps and grow to the size that my company is, is because I ignored all of the stuff that everybody else is obsessed about. I obsessed over getting results for my clients, attracting clients, and, you know, really looking after my clients and getting as many of them as I could. That was really where all of my time went, 100%. And then when it came to, you know, things that were just perception, like, you know, posting on social media and all of this stuff, I just didn't, I ignored it completely. I eliminated it. And that was actually one of the reasons why I was able to make such rapid progress, by not doing that. And so I encourage you when you're doing, you know, this 100 units of time exercise and you're finding where all of your time goes, 
when you spot these areas that is social media and things like that, or maybe it's creating content, posting videos on YouTube or whatever, I'm telling you it isn't mandatory. But you might think, well, Sam, why are you doing it now if it isn't, if it isn't useful at all? And I'm not saying it's not useful at all. I'm saying it's not mandatory. You know, you don't have to do it to be successful. I did it without doing that. And there is a lot of other people who do it without doing that too. Now, why did I start doing it this year? That's a good question. And the reason I started doing it this year is because it, it helps. You know, if you're spending a lot of money on ads and if you've got a bunch of customers and if there's word of mouth and stuff out there buzzing around, then it actually helps to have a little bit of a social presence and it helps to produce a little bit of content, right? Now, the key word here is it helps. It isn't necessary, but if you can, you should do it. And I wasn't in a position to be able to do it responsibly until January this year. And the reason why is because if I was creating content or doing social media, then it would have been taking my time away from helping my customers and creating good training for them and also getting more customers. Now, I'm not willing to make that trade-off. I'm not willing to, to do less of what's most important to do more of something that isn't important. It's mindless, that's stupid, moronic activity. And so I only started doing the stuff that is helpful, but not mandatory, which is social media content, all of that, when I had hired and trained enough people in my team to cover all of those bases, so that when I started doing this, I wasn't taking away from that. And that's, the, that's what I encourage you to do too. Ignore social media and all of this noise and all of this crap and focus on the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing, which is, you know, helping your customers with whatever it is that you're promising them, delivering amazing results, amazing support. You know, nothing is more important than adding value to your customers. That is the main thing. And if you're the best at that, it doesn't matter what everything else is like, you'll win. You know, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, the company and the business that delivers the most value to their clients wins, regardless of whether they've got Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. That is not relevant. And so that's my point, is, you know, don't get, don't, don't die from a thousand little cuts. And look at everything, you know, properly. Do that hundred units of time exercise and eliminate all of those sources that are sucking your time dry, and then try to have uninterrupted focus on the main things. Because when you put uninterrupted focus, and when you channel it into those main areas, that's when you really start moving the needle of your business. You know, there's putting, putting focus and energy into these things is so explosive to your business. But most people's focus just gets bled out into all of these trivial things that isn't that important at all. And I can't tell you the difference it makes in your business and in your life and in your finances and everything when you make this change. It's hard to do because, you know, you've probably been trained to be all ADD and spastic. But when, and it's going to be hard to try and channel that focus into the main things. And you just have to put up with that resistance and you have to keep going against it and keep going against it until it breaks. And then the resistance will break and then you'll flow with this and it will be your new, it'll be your new mode of operation. It'll be your new norm. And you have to keep working at it until it becomes the new norm. And another really uh, useful tip that I've got for you when it comes to you know, eliminating uh, time-sucking activities 
is decision making. And whenever you come to a decision in during your day or during your, you know, your life or any stage, you want to ask yourself, what is the half-life of this, of this decision? What is the half-life of this decision? And what I mean by that is, you know, if I make this decision, how long is it going to last for before I have to make this decision again? So for example, let's say it's 12.30 on a Monday and I'm hungry and I need food and I have to make a decision. Where am I going to get food from today? And so I Google it and I find a place Then I go out, I walk, I, I go there and I get food. I bring it back and I start eating and then I'm done. Right? That's how poor people think. And the same decision keeps popping up the next day, the next day, the next day. Shit, it pops up three times in one day. And yet the person doesn't realize that they keep wasting all of this time thinking what I should get to eat when it, it's going to keep happening forever for the rest of their life. And it's going to keep, it's going to happen three times a day. And yet this person never really thinks like, oh, maybe I should... Maybe I should make a better decision about this. Maybe I should make a decision that's going to last longer than four hours. And so the half-life of that decision is really only four hours until you're hungry again, right? But what smart people do is they make a decision once that fixes that problem and solves it for forever. Or if not for forever, for a long time. And let me give you an example. When I noticed that you know food was taking a lot of time, I decided to hire a chef. And so I hired a chef and we got her trained and everything. And then she would order the groceries and all of that. And then after I'd eaten, she'd even do the dishes. Just end to end, full stack, covered everything. From planning the meals, buying the groceries, putting them in the fridge, putting them in the pantry, cooking the meals, cleaning everything up, and doing the dishes. And I made that one decision and that one decision took probably the same amount of time as it took to buy one meal, right? So with the same mental bandwidth and energy that it takes to make one decision to get some food, I found a chef who would make food for years. And that's what she did. She continued to, you know, make me uh, lunch and dinner for, you know, for more than a year. And it was honestly one of the best investments and productivity things I ever did in my entire life. That one decision was worth millions of dollars, even though it just seems so small, like just hiring a chef, it's worth a lot of money because it saved me so much time cumulatively. And though these are the things you want to think about is, you know, make sure that the decisions you make have a long half-life. You know, instead of thinking, how can I just solve this in the short term? Start thinking, how can I solve this so this decision never has to be made by me ever again? And another way to do this is with your schedule and your routine. And I see people all the time, like they go to bed at different times and they wake up at different times. And whenever you do that, you, you can't really hold a schedule and you can't really plan out in advance because you don't really know like whether you can schedule something in for 9am on a Friday because you're not sure if you're going to be awake at 9am on a Friday. And so you can't really plan and you can't schedule. And the, the real trick to this is to set standards and principles and routines and rules. And what I mean by this is instead of having everything open and flexible, start 
bolting things down a bit. And what this really does is when you create constraints, it actually releases more productivity. You know, a lot of the time we have freedom from constraints and it's quite the opposite of what most people believe. A lot of people believe, oh, if I have just true freedom, no schedule, no calendar, no routine, then I'll be really productive, but that's not true. Just try and just try and operate But when you're doing that. You're all over the place, you're a mess. And instead, you need to set some standards and have some discipline. And so when I started doing this, it changed my productivity immensely. You know, I started going to bed at 11 o'clock every night. And then I started waking up at 6.50 in the morning every night and going to the gym at seven o'clock in the morning uh, pretty much every day, five days a week out of seven. And when I really stuck to that, it meant that I was able to schedule my days better. I was able to schedule things well out in advance because I knew when I was gonna be working and when I wasn't gonna be working. And it totally unlocked a lot of efficiency for me. And so if you're an entrepreneur, then I bet you you suffer from you know, too much freedom. And this is what happens because when you've got no constraints on you and when you're your own boss and you can kind of set whatever limits you want for yourself, sometimes you can have too much freedom and you, you just end up kind of in a tangle and in a mess. And what I recommend for you is to, you know, set some standards and some rules and then stick to them and stay on the rails. You know, really what we're doing here is we're kind of building like rails that we can stay on and when you stay on those rails, you're able to just execute and get things done so much uh, more efficiently than you would have without them. And I didn't really experience this until I came here to Venice when my rails were, were removed. You know, my personal trainer, Rhett, wasn't here, our chef wasn't here, and you know, my, my desk and workspace is all different, the internet was different, you know, everything was different. And I didn't really have this realization until all of that was taken away. And then I realized how helpful these rails really are. And that's what I'm in the process of now is putting these rails back in place so I can get back to that optimum efficiency that I was at before. So that's it for this video today. I just wanted to tell you, watch out for you know those thousand little cuts. It's those little things that get you. It's those little things that are gonna take you out and really consume all of your life without you ever really being aware of it. So if you liked this video, just click that like button and also leave me something in the comment section below. I'm gonna be reading these comments and replying to them, so let me know what you think down there. Also, if you, if you like this video, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I release a blog video like this once every week and I also do customer interviews and Q&A calls and other things that might help you along your journey. So thanks for watching and I look forward to seeing you in the next one soon.